You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. You know, it's funny, you have to be very sensitive to the Spirit, because in one way, I can come in thinking it's one way, right? But then God has plans to go a different way. And not that my one way wasn't the right way, it's just that he was just really kind of molding and shaping it to even fit you all so much even more, amen? And so I want us, we've been talking, we talked this morning about being women of influence. And we used Deborah as the example, and then we looked at other women that we have known about and know about in our day, in our time. But now I want to leave this conference with you so equipped and empowered that you will truly rise to that rightful position. This morning, it was more of informational and feeding you and really preparing you and equipping your mind. But now I want to empower you. And an empowerment comes through knowledge. Being aware of the enemy and his tactics and what he tries to do and how he tries to get us off pattern. And get us off the things that God desires for us to do. And so if we're going to have an influence and if we're going to make an impact in our families, in our communities, within our nation, then we will need to continue to operate from a position of victory. Victory. And victory starts with the mindset and heart set that we operate from a position of sonship or daughtership, knowing that I know who I am in Christ Jesus. That is where my power comes from. That is how I derive and how I move forward. It's all from knowing who I am in him. And so as I was preparing for um, today and uh, just asking God, and then he just downloaded something else. And so I'm going to, he's just going to blend it because he's a good blender. Amen. Amen. So I want us to talk about operating from a position of victory, and and he's been using this analogy very much so with me, and that is using football. How many love our Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. And we love it when they're on the offense and they're driving the ball down to win the touchdown, right? And here's the analogy that God's been putting on my heart. We, as women of influence, need to be in an operating position of offense, moving the kingdom forward. Because see, when we get into defense mode, we get into backpedaling mode, and we allow the enemy to overcome and override, right? We don't want that. We want to operate from that position of offense, always moving ahead. And so with that, the only way that we will fully and assuredly conquer this is being rooted in one place, and that's in the heart of God and in his love. So if you have your Bibles with me, I want us to start there. We're going to go to 1 John, 1 John. This is the true key in us moving ahead and and fulfilling what God has for us. 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to pick up at verse 17. 
It says, love has made perfect, or love has been perfected among us in this, that we have may have the boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. I wanna sit there for one second. As he is, as he is, as Jesus is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. I don't know about you, but that really just downloads some things in my spirit. Things of empowerment, things to show me. And, you, and I think I, what happens is I think some of us go, well, I don't feel like as he is. Because <laughs> really, at the end of the day, we don't feel like how he is. But it's not about feeling It's about operating in what he's given us. It's operating in knowing who we are. It's about fulfilling the things that he's given us to do. And so it further goes on to say, uh, in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. That word fear also means um, dread. It means terror. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has been made perfect in love. He who fears, right, has not been made perfect in love. That word perfect means mature. God wants us to be mature in him. God is love. He is love. That is the characteristic of who he is. He desires for us to be mature in him. And so when we are mature in him, we don't see fear. We don't feel fear. We don't know anything about fear other than we just see love. And we go after love. And we say, love whatever it takes. Amen? And so this is the place that God desires. This has got to be your offensive uh, offense position at all times. God, get me to operate from a position of love. Get me to always operate from this position in you. If you got insecurities rising up within you, God, reveal those to me. Get me rooted in you. Whatever those weaknesses are, whatever those fears that I have, whatever those insecurities I have, God, get me rooted in you. Two years ago, I went on a journey with God and I asked him, I said, Lord, I want to know the length, the width, the depth, and the height of your love. And on a whole year, I just, I kept praying that. That was my heartfelt prayer. God, get me to know the width, the length, the depth, and the height of your love. Because the more I know the width, the depth, and the length, and the height of your love, the more I'm rounded and I'm rooted in you. The more I'm solid, the more I'm utterly convinced that he is for me and not against me. That I know that no matter what comes my way, he will triumph over it. Amen. So as I was praying through and I just said, Lord, who is it that just really does a great job of operating in love? And he took me to David. So I want you to go to 1 Samuel. Because I want you to know that the enemy wants nothing else 
than for you to succumb to fear. He uses fear to, as his, his, his um, tool to try to stop you, to try to immobilize you from more moving ahead in God. He tries to use fear, and fear at times, you know, can paralyze you. And you just stop. Fear is an emotion. That's where we get our fight or flight. But it is also a spirit. And the word of God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of love, sound mind, and what else? And power, that's right. He never gave us a spirit of fear. Fear does not come from God. It is a tactic and a scheme that the enemy will try to use against you. Why does he try to use it against you? Because he knows how powerful you can be for him if you move forward and fulfill the thing that God put in front of you. Come on. Yeah? It scares the enemy when we say yes to God. He gets nervous and he does not like it. And so he will try to do everything he can to thwart that mission. I like to say it's the three Ds. If you write them down, write these three Ds down in your Bible. He uses distractions. We're gonna talk about that. He tries to discredit your identity, and we're going to talk about that. And he tries to dismantle your authority, undermine where you get your authority. Those are the three Ds. He is constantly on the move. He is constantly attacking those three areas. And so he will use fear to try to come against any one of those areas. And if he can, and if he can stop you, you will be stopped. But I want to empower you. I believe God wants to empower you this day, right now in this hour to say, stop, evaluate, see where he's working. Learn how to read his plan and then say, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not falling for it and I'm not moving in that direction. I will stand firm in knowing who my God is. Amen? So if you're with me in 1 Samuel, I want you to go to 1 Samuel um, 17. This is the story of David and Goliath. But I'm praying that the word of God will fall fresh upon many of you this hour. As many of you know, David and Goliath, the situation of the story of David and Goliath is that the Philistines have come up against the people of Israel. And at this time, all of David's brothers are out um, fighting the battle, and David's at home. And so his father sends him to go um, tend to the needs of his brothers. And so David walks into this situation. And I'm going to pick up at verse 4, and we're going to just take some chunks, and we're just going to break some things down. And it says, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. 
From Gath, whose height was about six cubits and span, he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And the shield bearer went before him. Here's what I need you to know about the spirit of fear and how the enemy uses it to oppress us. He always makes the spirit of fear look bigger and mightier and more massive than what it is. We see that with the Philistine. He is this big man. In reality, it's not as big as it it really is, right? I'm going to jump down, and it's verse 8. And it says, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to the line for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then he I'm sorry, we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Here is what the caption is. The Philistine is taunting the people of Israel. Can I ask you a question? What has the enemy been using against you to taunt you? How has he been using the spirit of fear to come against you? Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your relationships? What is it that has you so petrified that you're thinking, I don't know how this is gonna work? And you're starting to feel hopelessness and a little bit of despair. And very much defeated because this is what's happened to the people of Israel. They have fallen to the prey of the enemy. Can I say to you, we not be falling to the prey of the enemy. Women of influences rises up and we see how our enemy is working and we say, no way. No way. You will not come against me this way. I am going to see how you're operating and I am going to move forward no matter what. Amen? You have to understand what is it that the enemy is using against you right now. Because what you fear most is what he is using against you to hold you back and trying to make you believe that God is not going to be in that situation or God is not going to work it out. Because the reality is, is that God will. It just may not work out the way you think or in your timing. Come on. We gotta trust him to unfold everything that he desires for it to be unfolded, amen? Let's keep reading. And it goes on to say, now David He's now being sent out by his dad. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, I'm going to pick up at um, verse 26. <clears throat> 
And it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do you see the attitude? I love David's attitude. We need a David attitude. Come on. He didn't fall. He didn't allow the Philistine to intimidate him and manipulate him. He had the attitude and the mind of Christ because he knew his God was big enough to handle it. Amen? We need the mind of Christ. Now, go back, go to 27, verse 27. And the people answered to him, saying, this man or saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Verse 28. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger arose against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Do you hear the outright attack on his identity? Do you hear it? I need you to see something. The enemy is very sly. If he cannot use outside circumstances to get you to stop, he will use those in your inner corner and in your inner circle to come against you and make you question your own identity and your own abilities to move God's plan and vision ahead. Be aware of his schemes. We love the people that God puts around us, but when we know that the Lord has birthed something within us, we know, we know, we know. I want you to think about Mary. Mary, highly favored woman of God, overshadowed by the all-living mighty one, knew that that impregnation came from him. When God overshadows you, he births what he wants to be birthed in you and through you. And you've got to know without a shadow of a doubt that it came from him. Come on. Because the enemy will use your inner circle to try to detract you from that. He will use to try to break down your identity. I want to say this to you as well. You know, when Jesus went through the wilderness, after the invitation of when the father had opened up the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I love. You then see the next scene of Jesus being taken into the wilderness and being tempted by Satan three different ways. And the very first assault that came against Jesus was his identity. Because his question to him was, if you are the son of God. Then you turn the stone to bread. If you are the son of God. Come on. We need to be aware 
We want women, we want, we are going to leave here this day warriors for Jesus Christ. We're gonna leave here empowered. We're gonna leave here enthused and we're gonna leave here excited and we're going to know that God has given us the plans to override our enemy and to defeat him. We are no longer going to allow the enemy to get us into a situation where we're wallowing and willowing and just wilting away. But we are going to say, I am no longer going to operate from this position because my position is this. I know I'm a daughter of the Most High King. I may not have it all figured out, but I am a daughter of the Most High King. And this I know, I am blessed. And before the foundations of the world, God loved me. He accepted me. He made plans for me. He has given me a a, a provision for what he wants to do through me. So I will stand on that promise. And if I don't have all the details after that, it is okay because my God, who is my heavenly father, who loves me and adores me, will make sure that he will let it be known to me. Because we serve a mighty God that doesn't want us wandering, but he desires for us to know what his heart is. He desires for us to realize that what he desires, he wants it to be planted in our own hearts because he desires for us to walk it out with him. Come on, amen? Back to David. Thank you, Lord. Verse 29. Haven't you felt like this sometimes? And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from, his, from him toward another and said to the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Sometimes, you know, when I know the enemy is getting stirred, I think to myself, it's okay, because I know what I've done now. I'm all about being about my father's business. Amen. Go down to verse 23. Uh, 33, yeah. It says, and Saul said to David. So David is now approaching Saul. I'm gonna back up to 31. It says, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him? For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Do you hear the second assault? His second assault is his, um, he's trying to disqualify him. He's trying to disqualify the giftings that God has placed within him. He's trying to undermine, dismantle the authority to which he abides in and from. Come on. God doesn't want us being offset by that. But love David's answer. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it and its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. I love his attitude. 
I love it. Boy, do we need his attitude. We need a David attitude. We need to ask God, Lord, revolutionize my mind to have such an attitude like David did. You are qualified. Your qualifications isn't dependent upon what you do. Your qualifications is dependent upon him in you. Did you hear me? Some of you need to stop. I, I just, I need to release this over you. You've allowed the enemy to make you feel so inept and inadequate. And right now, God is breaking that off of you. You are looking at what you have or what you attain. And God's saying, I need you to stop looking at what you have and what you attain and look within because it's me within you that's gonna operate through you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Go to now verse um, 37. Actually, I'm going to pick up at verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor and put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of, of, of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. I want to speak a word of release over to you right now. Stop trying to be somebody that you were never supposed to be. Be yourself. Stop comparing yourself to the next person next to you. Be you. Run your own race. Run it with passion and compassion, but stop looking to other people thinking that you're less than when you're more than, and stop questioning the giftings that God has placed within you, because the reality is, is your gifting is different than the gifting that he's put in somebody else, and the experiences that you have endured are different than the experiences that somebody else. These life journeys all make up who we are individually with him. He has specifically patterned them so that we would seek him, that we would come to know him, that we would understand that he is he. Yeah, he is. Stop trying to put on somebody else's armor. Wear your own. Wear your own. Because what you have on it looks mighty fine. Yeah? You look beautiful. You're bold. And God loves that. Amen? Let's keep reading. Go down to verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself 
five smooth stones from the brook, and they put them in the shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had, and his sling in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And went when the Philistine looked, listen, to, I want you to see this picture. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, his disdained, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the air of the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and your head, take your head from you. And this day, everybody say this day. This day. This day, God is giving you the Philistine. Whatever Philistine has been rising up, tormenting you, taunting you, filling with you with dread, making you feel hopeless. This day, when you choose to put on your garment and you operate the way David did, this day, you're not coming against the Philistine by your flesh. You're coming against him with the Lord of hosts. Do you, you all get that? I need to take a moment. Do you really get that? Because he's bigger than this room. He fills this room. He fills outside this room. He over, is overtowering us right now. And my God is like, here I come. And I'm already going before. This day, you will defeat what has been rising up against you. Because you have settled in your mind, my God is for me. My God is for me. And I will win this battle. Because Christ always causes me to triumph in him. Amen? Amen. I want to keep going. I want us to see the approach. Go to 45. I'm sorry, maybe 48. Yeah, 48. So it was then when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Here is our offensive, offensive position. Come on. Ready? We're no longer going back. We're no longer allowing the enemy to make us feel retreated, and we're not going to allow him to back us in the corner and to make us feel like we can't win this battle. But we're going to run towards him. We're going to run towards the enemy because we know that God's already way ahead of us. 
And we know that God is already going to work things out. And we know that God has already equipped us. And we already know that God is for us. And we will not remain this way. But we're going to run with an attitude saying, I'm going to knock you out because you know what? You're done. You're done. Amen? I want to close with this. Don't let the enemy get you off track. Women of influence need to stay tuned in to the God they serve. The enemy will throw everything he can to throw distractions at you. Do you hear me? I'm gonna give you two quotes that Jesus said. The first was when he was very young and he was in the temple when his parents, Mary and Joseph, had left them. And, and um, they didn't know they left him. You know, it was just, it was back then, caravan. It was like, whoa, whoa, okay, we lost Jesus. Gotta go back, <laughs> right? And they find him and, and they said, son, do you, do you know what he did? And, and Jesus' response was, I had to be about my father's business. Did you not know I had to be about my father's business? We have to be about our father's business. Not our agendas, not our motives, not our plans, not what we want to get out of it. Can I just release something over you? If you're trying to make something happen, if you're trying to make your agenda work, if you're trying to make your plan work, I'm gonna tell you, you're dealing with a spirit of insecurity and you're not rooted in the heart of God. Because when you're rooted in the heart of God, your attitude is, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done, not mine. It's a different approach, different mindset, different mindset. The second was, Jesus was talking to his disciples And this is a scripture, and I believe it's in John. And he said this quote to them. And this is right before he was getting ready to be persecuted. He said, I know where I came from, but I know where I'm going. We know where we came from. But glory to God, we know where we're going. Not just internal purposes, but I'm talking here on earth. Do you understand? The enemy can no longer have a foothold on you. He can no longer hold your past against you, right? He can't because you know where you came from, but you sure know where you're going. And I'm going with him. I'm choosing to go with him. I'm choosing to go with him because I'm about my father's business. And so I want you to be armed and ready and dangerous. We are women of influence. And we're no longer allowing the enemy because we've been given the plan. His plan, the enemy's scheme has not changed over all these years. The three D's that I use, he has used against all this time. So God has just unveiled that to you. Now, what will you do with it? I want you to stand to your feet. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that you're calling us 
to make an impact on our generation and not only on our generation, but the generations to come. Lord, I thank you for the calling. I thank you for the commissioning. And I thank you, God, for the equipping and the empowerment that you have just released to us. God, that we will win the battle, not because of what we can do, but who we are in you, knowing that you are for us, knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us, but we will win this war because you are the one who has already won. We will continue to live our lives, Father God, from a position of victory and not defeat. When the enemy comes against us and tries to make us believe that we are less than, that we're inadequate, that we're inferior, that we're inept, that there is hopelessness, that the cause is not even uh, attainable, that it is um, utter despair rising over us, I come against all that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak Jesus over you. You are a woman of God. You are equipped. You are anointed. You are appointed for such a time as this. Rise up, Dubbers, to your rightful position in him and fulfill the things that he has mandated over your life. All of creation is waiting for you to step into what he has ordained over you. Give in him. Give it all to him. Lord, we praise you, we thank you, and we are giving you glory and honor because we know, God, you will receive all the glory and honor. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.